Welcome to Kevin Connor's podcast. This series is on the parables of Jesus. A terrific companion to this teaching is Kevin's best-selling book, Mystery Parables of the Kingdom, available in paperback, hardcover, and ebook formats from Amazon in your area, or as an immediate PDF download from the shop at kevinconnor.org. I'd like you to turn your Bibles tonight to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 18. And we're going to pick up uh, for the commencement here, verse uh, 20, I think we'll pick up in verse 21. How's the sound here tonight? Is that all right? Everybody all right there? Is it ringing? It's ringing, yes. Thank you. Testing, testing, testing. How's that now? Okay, Matthew chapter 18, and we'll pick up in verse 21. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Till seven times? Probably Peter thought that was pretty good. (laughs) Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Four hundred and ninety times. Do you think it means four hundred and ninety times? Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened. So we come to the eighth parable in the Gospel of Matthew now. So therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would take account of his servants. And when he had uh, begun to reckon, one was brought to him which owed him 10,000 talents. But forasmuch as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had in payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion, and loosed him, and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him, and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet, and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not. But he went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if you from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. The Lord bless the word to our hearts. I want to sort of uh, take a problem-solution approach tonight. How many believe that when Jesus died on the cross, that uh, he died for everybody's sins. Amen? We're united there. And how many believe that when Jesus died on the cross, he died to forgive everybody's sins? that right? So if that is so, everybody in the world is really forgiven, but they don't know it. How many would say yes? How many would say no? How many are frightened of getting caught? So uh, what you're saying, for those who said yes, that means that uh, 
everybody is forgiven because Christ died to uh, forgive everybody's sins. So everybody's forgiven, but they don't know it. And so God can just give out forgiveness willy-nilly. It doesn't matter. I mean, he's got it all available. Is that what we're saying? All right, now, Jesus tells us that we are to forgive everybody. So should we forgive everybody regardless, whether they're sorry for, or, or not? How many would say yes? How many would say no? How many would say no? How many are frightened of getting caught? All right, now we've got the problem. Let's see if we can find a solution. Now, this is a pretty heavy chapter, and it, it gives us, the, as I said, it's the eighth parable of the kingdom. When you see this expression, therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, that's what you've got here. Now, let's just glance over the chapter first of all. Is this speaking all right? Is the sound all right now? No. And I want you to sort of look over the whole chapter because we're going to miss what I want to share tonight on the parable of the kingdom if we don't take it in the chapter context. So I want to just put on the board first of all and then we'll erase that bit. We have three groupings here and I want you to notice the progression and uh, for myself it was sort of an eye-opener really. In verses 1 through 2, let me just check my notes here. In verses 1 through to 14, now let's just sort of look at this. You'll see the progression here. Verses 1 through to 14, the emphasis is on little children. I can't uh, get too sidetracked on this, but little children. So just pick up a few thoughts. Verse uh, 2, he called a little child unto him. In fact, the word expression little child is used at least, at least seven times. Verse 3, except you be converted and become as little children, you'll not enter the kingdom. Whosoever will humble himself as this little child. Verse 5, receive such a little child. Verse 6, if you offend one of these little ones. And then it ends up in verse 14, even so it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Uh, verse 10, take heed that you despise not one of these little ones. So right through first section, uh, the first section here, verses 1 through to 14, we're dealing with little children. Now, the next one, and I want you to note the language that Jesus is using here, the next group we have here is brothers, okay? And it would include sisters too. So verses 15 through to 20, we're dealing with offense against brothers. Or it can include sisters here. So just pick that up. Verse 15. Moreover, if thy brother trespass against thee, go to him alone. And if he hears you, you've gained your brother. So the whole thing is to deal with the brethren there and the sisters. Now when you come to verse uh, 23, we take on from verse 23 through to 35. So verse 23 through to 35. We switch roles here, and now the whole thing has to do with servants. Okay? So the king who takes account of his servants and a fellow servant, and then the other fellow servants who are really sorry about this, what's, what this servant did to another servant. So there's a whole progression here of little children, brothers, servants. Now, let's sort of break up the parable a little bit here. 
before we uh, move into it more fully here. So everybody got that breakdown? Now I can't put all this on the board, but let's look at, we're looking, and this is the title of the tape here, it's the parable of the unforgiving servant. Now we've gone through the seven parables of the kingdom, but the parable of the unforgiving servant. Now as you go through the parable, here's what we have here. First of all, we have the king, and the king is also the Lord, okay? So we have the king who is, who, who is the Lord. And then we have, of course, the parable of the kingdom, the key to it. It's the kingdom of heaven. Now, we've been through enough on the parables here. It's the kingdom of heaven. So we've got the king of the kingdom. And then here we're dealing with his servants. Okay, so his servants, the servants in the kingdom. And all of us are called to be servants here. Okay. We've got his servants. Now, there's two servants particularly picked out. On one side we have the one servant over here. One servant here. And then on the other side we have a fellow servant. So we'll put over here, fellow servant. Alright, so that's the picture that we have. Now, I won't put all this on, but let's just uh, I'll, I'll sort of go slow enough for you to pick up enough here. This servant owes the king 10,000 talents. I, I didn't have a chance to work out how much that would be today, but it's a lot of money. How many didn't know that? And so he owes the king 10,000 talents, and his situation is he has absolutely nothing to pay. Nothing to pay. And so the king, the Lord says, okay, you've got nothing to pay. Uh, he gives the command that he's to be sold. And, uh, you know, this is pretty tough. He's to be sold. His wife, first of all, has to be sold. How many would like that? Did I hear some response here? And then after that, his children were to be sold. How many were like their children to be sold? They just, uh, just hold it there. I know sometimes you might feel like that. And then all that he had, all his possessions. So everything was to be sold uh, to pay, to pay up. And so what's the whole response of this servant now? As you go through, the servant falls down and besought or worshipped, he fell down uh, before the king and worshipped him. Now, there's three particular words I want you to pick up here. So he asked him, he said, have patience with me and I'll just pay all. Now, three words I want you to pick up here and let's just look at them if you've got your Bible still open. And you'll see the connection in the chapter in a little while here. In verse uh, 27 is what I'm after. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and number two, loosed him and number three, forgave him the debt. Now, let's just put these words down here because I, I hadn't seen this myself for some years. So first of all, compassion. Moved with compassion. And then the second word is he loosed him. 
loosed him. And then number three, he forgave the debt. Okay, so he forgave the debt. Now, let's go back to Matthew chapter 16, and these are things we never ever seem to get time for, but we can uh, do a little bit tonight. How many have got Old King James or New King James? How many, how many, how many of your translations have got NIV or whatever? How many use these words, either compassion or pity? How many use the word loose? How many have got that there? And uh, forgive? Okay, if you don't, you, you, you're going to miss what I want to say now. Okay, Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. And we'll pick up in verse 18. And I say also unto thee, Thou art Peter, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now, listen to the rest of the verse here, which we quote so often and don't ever seem to get time to expound and interpret what it means. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Amplified says, whatever is already bound in heaven, you'll bind on earth, and whatever, whatever is already loosed in heaven will be loosed on earth. Now, you'll notice there we have this binding and loosing. This is in Matthew chapter 16. Now let's go to chapter 18, the second reference to the word church, Matthew chapter 18. And from verse 15 on, we're dealing with church discipline now. You'll have to listen to what I'm saying here. So church discipline. And that the guy or the girl is not excommunicated because of the original fault, but because they don't hear. If he neglect to hear the church. Now verse 17, we'll pick it up. If he neglect to hear, the, hear them, tell it to the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, now see, how many of us have ever been in a place where this has been done properly? If he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. Then Jesus uses the exact languages from chapter 16. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, whatsoever you will loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now go down to verse 27. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him. Oh, okay. So we've got something about binding and loosing here. person was bound, bound by this impossible debt to pay, and now the Lord is moved with compassion and he loosed him. So how many see the connection, that there's at least a connection here? We're going to touch on this example, on this. But loosed him and forgave him. So binding, loosing. All right, we'll come back to that in a moment. Now, we go across to the other fellow servant. Oh, just before I do, note in verse, um, verse 21 and 22, the whole thing now, we're looking at the parable of the unforgiving servant. So the, the king, the Lord, had compassion on him, pity on him, loosed him, and forgave the debt. Okay? Now, we're looking at the unforgiving. Now, note the use of the word forgive because the parable arises out of verse 21. Then came Peter him, to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? Now, connected up with verse 15, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between he and thee alone. 
Okay, now Peter, in response to hearing all that, well, how often shall my brother sin against me? So if the brother trespass against me and I go to him alone, should I take it to the church straight away or what? Then came Peter and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him. Seven times, that's a pretty good number. And Jesus said, no, not until seven times, but until 70 times seven. We all know that Jesus is not talking about 490 times. Uh, we'll see how that clock goes, whether we can get into the prophetic significance of seven times and 70 times seven, where it brings you to uh, in the end of the age. So the parable arises out of that. So Jesus said until 70 times seven. Then he, the parable comes out of that. He says, okay. And then he tells the parable of the, of the unforgiving servant. And Peter said, well, how often shall I give? And if my brother trespass me, will I excommunicate him or what? All right, now we go over, and so this fellow, after receiving compassion and being loosed from this impossible debt and receiving forgiveness, he goes over to this fellow's servant, and he just owes him 100 pence, just absolutely a pittance compared to this. And uh, he laid hands on him, had the laying of hands, but, the, but it was the wrong way. So he laid hands on him, and he grabbed him by the throat. Has anybody ever experienced this literally? I did once. I owed a brother some money when I was pastoring many years ago, and he literally, probably if you know him, so I better watch what I say, he literally came and grabbed me by the throat and I'd prayed about two hours beforehand that, uh, that I'd have grace to handle it. I didn't know he was going to grab me by the throat. And he said those very words, you pay me what you owe me. So, you know, it's a nice feeling to get it around the jugular vein and start speaking in tongues. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Help me, God. So I've experienced at least this part, physically. <laughs> now I didn't have a chance to fall down because he had me by the jugular. Okay? But I did say, have patience with me and I was engaged to Joyce at the time and I said, she'll pay all. <laughs> That's the truth. Okay, scriptures are very real. Anyway, the thing is here, apart from that, he would not. So, okay, so he wouldn't do it. And what did he do? He cast him into prison. Okay, now, in other words, I'm going to put the word in here because of what we're looking at. He bound him. Okay, he bound him. He wouldn't forgive him. He said, you pay me what you owe. And he put him in prison, bound him. See, so whatever you bind, whatever you loose. Now, this guy's been loosed, but this fellow servant goes to this servant and goes to his fellow servant and bound him and put him in prison till he should pay the debt. Now, there were other members in the church, praise God, fellow servants. We see, all of us are fellow servants here. They were very sorry. How many feel very sorry for that? How many feel very sorry for my throat? Okay. And so they went and told. So we have this bunch of fellow servants over here. 
And so they went and told the Lord. So here we've got this group of believers, and they go straight to the king and say, Lord, this is what one of your fellow servants has done to another servant. And so the Lord calls this wicked ser- uh, this servant, and you'll notice the words that he uses. He said, you wicked servant. Okay, so I want you to note the use of the word wicked. You hurtful, evil servant. That's what the word is. It's not, it's not uh, those three different Greek words for wicked, but this one is peculiar. It's, it's hurtful, you hurtful, evil servant. By, by, in effect, and your influence. You wicked servant. And he said, I forgave you all your debt and I had compassion on you. So you should have had compassion on your fellow servant. You should have forgiven him. And the Lord was wroth. And then the end result was that this man was delivered to the tormentors. Now I want you to listen carefully to me on this. He was delivered to the tormentors. Now, just before I give you some scriptures about the tormentors and just interpret that a little bit, I want you to come with me to some scriptures here. I want you to go over to, to uh, or Matthew chapter 18. Let's, 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 let's pick up the, the key word here is forgiveness. So we'll pick up in verse 21 and note the use of the word forgive. Then came Peter and said to him, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? So the whole issue is forgiveness. All right, then in verse 32, verse, verse 27, sorry, uh, the Lord of the servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt, so forgiveness. And then in verse 32, then the Lord after he had called him said unto him, O you wicked servant, I forgave you all your debt because you desired me. Shouldn't you have had compassion on your fellow servant as I had pity on you? And then you'll notice one verse in verse 35 is the interpretation of the parable. So likewise shall my heavenly Father, so Jesus as head of the church that he said he's built, and this is in church context here, so likewise shall my heavenly Father do also to you. And I've circled these words in my Bible. If you haven't, I recommend you do. If you from your hearts It's got to come from the heart. If you from your hearts forgive not every brother, everyone his brother, their trespasses. Verse 15, moreover if thy brother trespass against thee. See, the whole chapter has to be brought together. Trespass, sin, brothers, servants, little ones, forgiveness. That's the issue. Now, let's go over to Psalm 130. Psalm 130. I'll come back to this in a moment. Just trying to cover a parable a night here. Uh, let's go over to Psalm 130. And I'm just reading from Old King James tonight. Psalm 130. This is one of the songs of degrees. And listen to the verse there, uh, verse 3 and 4. Psalm 130, verse 3 and 4. If thou, Lord, shouldst mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. Amplified is very good on that. If you, Lord, should keep account and treat us according to our sins, O Lord, who could stand? 
how many are glad that the Lord doesn't keep account of every little thing? You know, there's forgiveness. So he said, if the Lord just kept stacking up the account against us, none of us would be able to stand. But there's forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. Okay, I want you to go over to um, Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. Now we want to link Luke 17 in with Matthew chapter 18. So Luke 17 verse 3. And do we ever obey these scriptures? Take heed to yourselves. If your brother trespass against you, rebuke him. Have you ever done that? We don't like to be rebuked. And if, if he repent, forgive him. You ever notice the order in that verse? So take heed to yourselves. What's he talking about? We'll get to that because of what this guy didn't do. If your brother trespass against thee, number one, rebuke him. Number two, if he repent, forgive him. Uh, do, you, do you just forgive him whether he repents or not? How many would say yes? How many would say no? How many don't know? All right, now let's just get back to our, our problem solution. Uh, God's got forgiveness available for everybody. Is that right? But how many know that God's forgiveness is on his terms? And what is his terms? Okay. So I want you to just, just hold that a moment and I'll give you two other scriptures, but let's go on to verse 4. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee and say, saying, I repent, forgive him. That's pretty heavy, isn't it, eh? I mean, if a guy does the same thing seven times in a day. Okay, repentance, forgiveness. Repentance, forgiveness. Now, let's link it up with Luke chapter, tw uh, ch uh, Luke chapter 24 and verse 47. So rebuke him and if he repent, forgive him. You mean, so if he doesn't repent, we shouldn't forgive him? Is that what you're saying? How many are saying that? How many are frightened to say anything? Okay. Verse 47, Luke 24, verse 47. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. So repentance and remission. So repentance precedes remission of sins or forgiveness of sins. Go over to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. I'm sorry, Acts chapter 5. Acts 5, 20, uh, 31. Acts 5, 31. Peter speaking. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a saviour, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. 
And you'll notice we have three scriptures there where repentance precedes forgiveness. Repentance precedes forgiveness. Now I want you to go to a very peculiar verse. We'll bring all this together in a little while. John chapter 20. John's Gospel chapter 20. John chapter 20 and uh, verse, verse um, we'll pick up verse 21 to 23. John 20 verse 21 to 23. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive Holy Spirit. That's what it's really saying. Receive you the Holy Spirit. Receive Holy Spirit. Now, whosoever sins ye remit, that's the same Greek word as we're looking at here, forgive, loose, forgive, whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them, and whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. Okay, so what does that really mean? So, if I forgive somebody and remit their sins, they're remitted, but if I retain them, I hold them. Uh, what's the problem? This guy had his sins loosed, forgiven, remitted to him, but instead of going and doing the same to his fellow servant, he retained them. Held, that's the, the word there is he retained. He held them back. He held them to himself. So he held this against the guy. And so the end result was that he was given to the tormentors. Now, I want you to go through some scriptures with me on tormentors because this, this to me is a, is, a, is a very serious parable, I'm sure we all say amen to that, is that so many Christians are going through torment today. And why? Whether they're repented or not, or is it something that I need to add to that re uh, forgiveness? Okay, let's go to some scriptures on torment. Because my, my point here is that there are many Christians who are being tormented mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and in other ways by the tormentors, the torturers, I think the NIV says, another translation, torturers, because of what I want to finish up on here. So let's look at some scriptures with me, will you, on this. Let's turn over to John's Gospel. John's, uh, not John's Gospel, John's Epistle. Let me back back a little bit. Okay, let me back back a little bit. Let me just give you some scriptures. I'm taking this slow tonight, purposely. Let's go to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. And where this uh, fellow servant was delivered to the tormentors, here is the same 
word that's used in the few scriptures I want to give you. I want, to sort of want you to hear the scriptures first. Because you see, Jesus said, so will my heavenly Father do to you. This, 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 this servant here delivered this fellow's servant into prison. See, so the Father says, okay, you delivered him into prison, you bound him, you wouldn't loose him, you retained his sins instead of remitting them like I remitted yours. So, seeing I'm going to do to you what you did to him. Okay, so you, you, you delivered him to prison, I'm going to deliver you to the torturers because in the prison were the torturers. So listen to Matthew chapter 4 and verse 24. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with divers diseases and torments. And those that were possessed with devils, those that were lunatic, and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. So torments, it's the same word as being delivered to the tormentors. All right, let's go to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. And uh, verse 6 and verse 29, Matthew 8, verse 6 and verse 29. And saying, Lord, my servant lieth of home sick of the palsy, is very sick of it, grievously tormented, same word, grievously tormented, verse 29. And uh, behold, they cried out, this is the demons in the... Uh, the Gergesenes here, the two possessed with devils, and behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, our Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? Same Greek word, same word as tormentors. Uh, Revelation chapter 9, you can put down Revelation 9, verse 5. When the bottomless pit is opened, we find that there are certain uh, locust type of spirits that come out of the pit and they're, they're loosed to torment men for five months, and their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. I can't think of the one I wanted to give you in First John. Fear hath torment, but perfect love casts out all fear. But see, there's not much perfect love about this guy for his fellow servant. So fear is torment. So how many understand that I'm saying that many Christians today are tormented you know, physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, fearfully, in so many ways because of what I want to sort of summarize here in a moment. How many, how many understand that? And sometimes we pray for healing or we pray for deliverance, or we pray for this, and sometimes maybe we need to get to this thing and say, okay, let's just check up on the parable of the unforgiving servant and just check. Okay, now... I want you to go to James. I want to give you one more scripture and then sort of try and wrap up a little bit, pull the loose ends together. So James chapter 2 and verse 13. And I want you to sort of apply this verse here, James 2 verse 13, superimpose it on, on, our, on our parable here, James 2 13. And it says, For he, so James 2 13, for he shall have judgment without mercy. So listen to this. So he... I'm going to apply it. The king here will have judgment without mercy that hath showed no mercy. So this guy showed no mercy to his fellow servants, so he'll have judgment without mercy. And mercy rejoiceth against judgment. But this guy had no mercy, so he came under judgment. Now, let me sort of bring it all together here as we wrap up. We've got the little children here, 
We've got trespass of brothers where we have to go to them alone, not tell the church and tell everybody to go to them alone first. We have to maintain an attitude of forgiveness and this is the bottom line. God has forgiveness available for everybody in the world but on his terms. So it must be repentance. Repentance precedes remission of sins. But how many know that God has a continual attitude and spirit of forgiveness? And if people will come to God on his terms, which is repentance and faith, God has forgiveness available for everybody in the world. But God just doesn't forgive sins willy-nilly because it must be on his terms. But God always has the spirit and attitude of forgiveness. That's what Jesus is talking about because there's sometimes when the brother does trespass against you, you should go to him and rebuke him. Eh? But we're not game to do that. See? We should be able to go to one another and say, look, I don't appreciate what you did. I believe you were wrong on that. And da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, you should do that. Hey, well, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Yeah. Eh? But whether they come to you or not, we always should maintain the spirit of forgiveness. So let's go back to Matthew 18 as we wrap up here. So it's maintaining always an attitude and spirit of forgiveness. All of us have had experiences like this. Matthew 18 as we finish. All of us have had experiences and I've had to do it myself and just uh, have a forgiving spirit. And some people have never ever apologized to me. But I've had to maintain a spirit of forgiveness. That's the thing. I just forgive their sins willingly because I believe they were wrong. They did things wrong and they were wrong. They were against the Bible and a few things like that, let alone personally. But I've had to maintain a spirit of forgiveness because one time in my life I felt the Lord did deliver me over to the tormentors. And I had months of it just going through mental torment. And I realized that even though the other brother was wrong, I didn't maintain an attitude of forgiveness. He needed to repent. And see, it's like bitterness, it's like resentment. How many know that bitterness never destroys the person you're bitter against? Even if they're wrong, bitterness destroys you. So we can't afford to have attitudes of bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness. We must always maintain. Now, it's not endorsing anybody's sin, so they need to repent of it. And if they come to you and ask forgiveness, great. But you always maintain an attitude. That's the spirit of the Father. That's what we're saying. So verse 35, So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if you from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. So the issue is from your heart. No you saying, I forgive you, but I don't forget. That is not forgiveness. I don't know how God does it, but when God forgives, he forgets. God said when he forgives our sins, he casts all our sins into the sea of his forgetfulness. And when God does that, how, how deep is that sea? Anybody know? Sea of God. Can God forget anything? I don't know how he can, but he says he'll cast our sins in the sea of his forgetfulness. And once God casts our sins in the sea of his forgetfulness, do you know what he puts up there? No fishing allowed. Let's all stand. So I hope this hasn't just been a Bible study, but maybe the Lord's spoken to some of you and say, wow, Kevin, I don't have that attitude of forgiveness. I need to get that spirit. Amen.
Let's close in prayer. Father, we just thank you again for the privilege we have of feeding upon your word. You said, man shall not live by bread only, but by every word that proceeds out the mouth of God. We pray, Lord, that the parable that we've looked at tonight will be a preceding word. And Father, we just pray for any brother or sister who may be in the hands of the torturers or the tormentors, uh, not just for not forgiving, but for not having an attitude, a spirit of forgiveness as you have to all mankind, even though it's on your terms. We pray, Father, that the same spirit that you had toward us, revealed in Christ, that we'll have that same spirit and attitude to all who may wrong us, because we all need your mercy, we all need your compassion, and if you should take account of all our sins, Lord, none of us could stand, but there's forgiveness with you that you may be feared. Bless this word to our hearts, Father, and may it be outworked in our daily life. We ask in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody said Amen. Amen. God bless you. Shake hands with each other. Be sure to visit kevinconnor.org for more information about Kevin, his books and his ministry.